Good day and welcome to Inspired, your grown-up girl talk. I'm Stacy Fleece and I am here with Samantha Tredelius as always, which makes my day every time I get to see your smiling face. Good day, Stacy. And hear love- your smiling voice. Yes. Yeah. Well, we get to see each other, you know, a little bit more often now that we're not uh, all locked up and behind all closed doors. So I know. Welcome. And yesterday, yesterday, CDC said we don't even need to stay six feet apart. By the way, I didn't know that was actually still a thing until <laughs> they said it wasn't a thing yesterday. So yeah. um, it's you know. a fluid, it's a fluid changing process. So uh, anyways, I am glad to be here with you on this wonderful Friday. We've got a great show today. We do. This, uh, this one I'm super excited about because as you know, I'm a, I'm a finance girl. I'm a hedge fund girl uh, in my background, in my bones. And uh, it was always very challenging to be in that industry, particularly as a woman. And I was in that industry, you know, in the 90s and the early 2000s and specifically in hedge funds, still in finance. Um, and it was, it was tough then because I never really felt like I had a lot of peers who were women and women of young children at the time. And here we are in 2022 and, and I still feel like a lot of that hasn't changed. And there's been so much advancement for minorities and women in so many areas. And I feel like this pocket has not really addressed it to the degree that the rest of the world has. So um, today we're talking to an amazing woman who is going to try to be uh, a, a change leader in that arena. So near and dear to my heart, we have Laurel Mintz, who is uh the fund manager and, and launcher of Fabric VC, recently launched Fabric VC. Laurel, thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. It's conversations like this that are going to help uh, create this conversation and get more women involved. Yes. And you you have a pretty interesting background because you have that experience in starting a company and building a, comp- a hugely successful company in your Elevate My Brand, digital marketing, live events, working with some significantly large brands that we've all heard of. Um, And you've had that company for well over 10 years. Um, Tell us a little bit about starting that company, being a woman CEO in that industry and how uh, your experiences there parlayed into what is now rolling out as Fabric VC to support other women and minorities who want to start their businesses. Yeah, thank you. Um, it's a it's quite an interesting story, and I just really believe everything happens for a reason. Even though in the moment sometimes we can't uh, understand and really want to push against it. I don't know about you all. I'm sure you're just as a type as I am, and I'm like, I need to do it the way I want to do it. Why isn't it happening this way right freaking now? Um, so it's been an interesting journey. I started, uh, yeah. Exactly. Uh, Started out uh, on the education side, got my JD and MBA from Rutgers while I was in law school. Fucking hated it. No pun intended. Like, like, no, no shade. Like, fucking hated it. You're not the only person that went to law school and said that. (laughs) Yeah. So I I have a potty mouth, so I'm going to use this this R-rated podcast to explore that. Um, But as I was in that program, I was like, I'm going to drop out. This is not my vibe. These are not my people. It was very much... If I have this piece of pie, there's no more pie for you. And that's not my vibe and never been my vibe. But the MBA program was everything that the legal program was. And it was team building and problem solving and collaboration. And it was fantastic. But when you are a, a Jewish girl from the Valley here in LA, your parents only understand you being a lawyer or a doctor. So <laughs> I still went. Limited paths. Yeah, exactly. Limited paths. 
maybe an engineer would be okay in there or marrying into those uh, categories, right? Um, so I still got barred in California, started practicing, and a year into my practice, my dad got really sick. He survived um, stage four cancer, but ultimately I had to step down from practicing to step in to run his company, which was a huge national brand at 26 years old. So at 26, I was a first time CEO. I had no fucking clue what I was doing. I would cry in my car around the corner from the offices and then like wipe my tears away and go into the office and be like, all right, what are the numbers? What are we doing today? And like put my badass boss on. Um, and that was really, really hard. But ultimately it taught me that I was an entrepreneur. And when he stepped back in, um, I started to elevate my brand. I started schmoozing and boozing with other entrepreneurs and all their pain points were around digital. And I was like, I think I can solve for this. Uh, and that's how Elevate was born. Dude, you're amazing. And like <laughs> the journeys of women and where, and, and it's almost like trial, is it trial by fire or just getting thrown into the pit? And that's, I think where so many of us really grow because it's like, nobody knows what the hell we're doing. And you just kind yeah. of- There is okay. that whole sink or swim mentality where you just, you, you don't have a choice, you, you know, it's get in there and do it because- uh, you're going to sink otherwise. And I have to believe there are probably a huge number, mostly women listening to this who have gone in their car around the corner and cried and then <laughs> pulled their shit together. Okay. Yeah. Let me, let me get my big girl face on and go back in there and, and uh, you know, exude the power that we don't even feel like we have or have deserved. Mm -hmm. Total imposter syndrome. Just total imposter yes, syndrome. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, but luckily, you know, I was there for a purpose and, you know, the, it wasn't like I was going in there trying to be some hot shit, hot kid, you know, taking over daddy's business. I was there to make sure my family could survive financially and emotionally. So luckily the team really embraced that and supported the efforts that we were making. And, and then, as I said, started schmoozing and boozing with other entrepreneurs and cold pitched a woman who was at the time, a really famous makeup artist. who was trying to raise $5 million to launch her first cosmetic line. And I remember the flop sweat under my armpits as I came out of that meeting. Cause I was like, <laughs> Oh, I got you. I can do this. Like I, and maybe I had one or two martinis to help, like, you know, give me the liquid courage to actually pitch her. And she spent, I think she paid me $5,000 and we raised $5 million. And that was the beginning of elevate. And, and I was like, look, if I'm going to do this, I've got to play a bigger game. I want to make sure that I can uh, support more people build this into a real company. And so that was elevate my brand. And now to your point earlier, it's been 14 years. I can't even freaking believe that. Hope, luckily fun. I live in LA. So hopefully I don't look it, you know, cause we have good doctors here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and we've been so honored and, and lucky to be able to work with massive brands like Geico and Verizon and Paw Patrol for those of you with young kids. Thank you for your, your service and your money <laughs> and uh, being engaged with that brand. And, and it's been a really amazing journey. So awesome. So now let's parlay into fabric and, you know, hearing yeah. your story of Elevate, you know, obviously I'm, I'm seeing a lot of fusion with the next chapter for you. What is fabric? What are you doing? And tell us, tell us about it. Thank you. Yes. So fabric VC is uh, venture fund. We're currently raising about $40 million, you know, just, just a little money, uh, 10 million with a 40 cap, if I'm being transparent. And um, on the agency side, we have always been very mission driven. My team there is 100% diverse. I've been a woman certified agency for seven years. I speak on the topic of women's empowerment on a global scale. It's something that I've always really leaned in on. 
Um, and one of these, one day I was on a call with a client because we do a lot of, we do a lot of work with the private equity and venture funds uh, for their marketing and their portfolio companies. And one day on one of the calls, one of the venture partners asked me to stay on the line. I said, sure, David, what's up? And he goes, Laurel, why the fuck aren't you just raising your own fund? And I was like, what, what are you talking about? I don't like, it just like totally took me by surprise. And he said, you have high net worth community and connections. You see this deal flow all day long because you send it to us. You have the ability to make these companies winners with the marketing side of your business and you're super mission driven. And I honestly, I felt like I got hit by a bolt of lightning and I couldn't unsee it. That was November of last year. And we officially went out to market in uh, May, June. And so now we're in an intense fundraising mode. The goal of Fabric is really weaving together diverse founders with funding. So we are only interested in investing in queer, BIPOC, and female-led companies, mm-hmm. uh, mostly in consumer tech, because that's the space that we know well. But the, the overall conversation really is that less than 2% of GPs are women, less than 2% of venture funding goes to diverse candidates, and it's bullshit and it needs to change. And if not me, who? If not now, when? And that's why I'm doing it. So 2021, uh, venture money, uh, I think it was about 2% of all venture money went to females. That was last year. So I'm not like quoting stats from the year 2000. This is current stats. So 2% (laughs) the female founded companies, yet female founded companies have historically outperformed the venture, early stage venture, male driven companies, male founded companies. So is the problem the venture people that they, uh, they I don't know, they can't relate, they can't see, they can't do, or is, is the problem the women founders can't break into that pathway and that network to get in front of these people who can seed their companies? I think it's a systemic issue. I honestly think that this world, as you well know, having been in financial services for some time, um, is very pale, male, and stale, and they have zero incentive to evolve that. I'm actually going to steal that because I I have not heard that beautiful phrase, pale, male, and stale. I'm in marketing. I can't get that right. I'm in the wrong business, right? Fantastic. (laughs) And it's, I think it's a hundred percent the truth. I mean, I'm in the insurance industry on my business side and it is 100% pale, male, and stale. And I think across the board, um, you know, that, that story keeps, we keep hearing the same freaking story. So it's, it's time to shake the shit up, right? Yeah, exactly. And you know, I'm, uh, as you can tell, I'm pretty loud and very vocal about this industry and the changes and the challenges in it. Um, and so again, I think it takes women like me, not that I'm patting myself on the back, but this is terrifying. Like I am going, I'm taking a really big swing here in an industry that I don't really I'm not as familiar with as I am marketing. Now, luckily I've got the legal background and we've worked in this field a little bit and I do see these kinds of deals. So I feel like I've, I have a piece of the pie, but then I've built out this incredible venture team, including a woman named Jahara Tariq, who is a black woman in venture, which in and of itself is a unicorn. And she comes from M13 Atlas Peak. So she has that venture background. So I've created this amazing team that does really have the venture chops where I bring the, the loud mouth, the money and the deal flow. So it's really about building out the right team. But um, I want to set a good example for other women who are thinking about going down this path because we have to change it. And the only way to change it is what brick by brick. And so I hope to be a brick in change or a brick in uh, smashing the patriarchy. 
So one of the things that Samantha and I are familiar with in our work with Sparkle is uh, an early stage familiarity, by the way, is mm-hmm. microloans to female entrepreneurs. It's one of the mm-hmm. arms of, of Sparkle Foundation to um, help support women who either want to start a small business or want to or have a small business and want to grow it. And I will tell you, one of the biggest challenges we had in trying to roll this out was finding candidates that fit into the box that we were trying to check, whether it was, you know, the the establishment of the company or where they were financially or or being able to put together pro formas, which we help with sometimes, but, you know, having or having that vision and just even just really digging them out from underneath the pile, right? How mm-hmm. are you guys, uh, or maybe you're not out yet, I don't know where you are in the funding raise yet, but how do you anticipate going out and finding these entrepreneurs and finding these early stage pre-seed startups. For us, that felt like that was a a bigger challenge than we expected it to be. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I understand that. And one of the other reasons I decided this was the right path for me is because we are super networked. And by we, I mean me. (laughs) I love, I'm a networking (laughs) queen. I truly love people's stories. I'm out in the world. I've been speaking on panels globally for, you know, 10 plus years. And so what we did is we just kind of pivoted those relationships. And some of those happened to be in these categories. So, and I sit on lots of boards as well. I sit on the board for Women Founders Network. I'm very involved with Female Founder Collective and 10th House. Um, uh, uh, WeBank, which is a national scale organization that focuses on these. Um, uh, Los Angeles Venture Association. So I've been really heavily involved in creating these networks. And so prior to our launch, what we did was we went out to those groups and there were about 20 of them that we're heavily involved with. And I said, here's my, my purpose and here's what our goal is. Will you launch Rich with us? Here's the copy, here's the creative, here's the social. We want to make sure that everybody in this category knows our name in this new way in the next 30 to 60 days. And so we were very intentional in leaning into our marketing chops and um, pivoting our networking connections to really launch this in an effective way from a marketing perspective. And we also, because we're on the marketing side, have a massive database we sent out one blast announcing the fund and I'm now seeing deal flow literally every single day. Wow. The other side of it is, yeah, it's, it's amazing. I mean, look, let's be honest, 99% of it is garbage. So you've got to go through it. You got to weed through it, it sure. for sure. Exactly. As my husband says, you got to kiss a lot of frogs, you know? Yes. Um, but uh, the other side of it is I'm also now building out my venture community, right? So getting involved with um, like First Republic Bank, who's our vendor, and um, uh, All Raise, and um, I mean, there's a ton of other groups out there that do the same kind of work. And I am—that's my gift, right? My gift is connection and, and community and network. And so I am all in pivoting our focus to that community. And so I think that served us really well in this launch. So I think a question for our listeners that maybe don't really understand the VC game and like what a VC does, like what is it Mm -hmm. that you're providing for these small businesses? And, and, you know, what does that picture look like for someone who has no idea about what it is you're doing? Yeah. So um, venture is basically investing in businesses, a specific number, uh, a specific check size as a first check in that check gets bigger as the valuation of the company is bigger. Of course, it's an equity play on our side, although there are different, different VCs go in, in different ways. Um, but ultimately it's, we believe in either your concept or we believe in your, uh, you know, your work to date, right? You may have some, uh, some successes or an MVP, 
or you also, you already might be in market and you're just looking for some uh, growth capital. And we come in and we do a vetting process and understanding is the team strong? Is the product strong? Is there a market fit? Is the market a growing market? And is it big enough to, for if you got more money to invest in your company, would you be able to capture more market share? And ultimately it's, will this check meaningfully close the gap between where you are now and where your direct and aspirational competitors are in the space? Um, so our goal is to actually change venture a little bit. So we, um, we are vetting our companies in a really unique way, meaning we're taking the listening software we have on the agency side and pre-vetting the companies that we may be deploying capital into, which means we're able to look at their numbers and see, are they real or are they full of shit? And equally as importantly, how far they are from a marketing perspective from those direct and aspirational competitors in the space, which means we should be able to tell in a more meaningful way if our check will meaningfully close the gap between where they are and where they need to be. Um, but at the most base level, it's VCs put money into companies to help them grow, right? Um, and they do that in exchange for usually for equity. Uh, there's different products, safes, et cetera, that you can build, but let's not complicate it. Um, in my opinion, venture is super, super broken. And our model is going to help evolve that. Because let's just say, for the sake of easy numbers, you've got 10 companies that you're investing in. In the venture world, eight of those will go under. One will provide a three or four X return, which is I, and one will carry the entire fund, right? That if any other business, if that was any other business's model, that would be a failing model. It just doesn't <laughs> make sense to me, right? It's like, really? Okay. Um, and so with the software and folding in the marketing piece, we're also doing a discount model for the companies that we uh, deploy capital into. We're doing a 20% discount if they decide to use that capital to um, market with us on the agency side, which means we'll have a vested interest in truly making these companies winners, which we think will really change the trajectory of most of these companies and the face of venture in general. That's pretty cool. You get the you get two channels and you're supporting their marketing piece as well, which is vital to their success. So you also get to have your hand in there without necessarily directing exactly where they deploy the venture funds directly, almost indirectly having having a hand on that. That's really cool. So you guys are basically, yeah. for, for the most part, focusing on that early stage and pre-seed level. Yeah, seed um, and so pre-seed. Yeah. So so what at that at that stage? what percentage of, of equity are you typically seeing um, or, or what percentage of equity are you typically expecting to, to get from these companies for an investment or what, what are they, what are they hoping to get from you? Yeah, it's, um, it's a really good more, on the more about what are they willing to give up to you? Right, exactly. <laughs> uh, so right now is a really odd time for investors. I think it's a great time to be investing in venture. I think things are going to kind of um, uh, recalibrate in the next three months because what happened in the last couple of years were people were throwing out these insane valuations and VCs were like, cool, take some money. And they weren't really um, paying attention. And now that we are, you know, in a different economy, uh, valuations are normalizing, which means when we start deploying capital into these companies, we'll be able to take more powerful equity positions. Our goal is to target 5% ownership, 5% equity, um, but it really depends on the valuation of the company. What we're seeing currently are down rounds and discount rounds, right? So that's really? great for us. Oh yeah. yeah. People are like terrified and they're realizing that their numbers were, that they were full of shit. Let's be honest. They were totally of full of shit. They're, they're, they're so. pulled out of thin air to Correct. some degree always. 
And yeah, when correct. you have such a lofty economy and a lofty market, it's way easier to retire into the air and get those bigger numbers. So totally good to know that you guys are seeing a reset. Yeah. Yeah. I and mean, we're seeing it across multiple industries. We're seeing it in real estate right now, venture. I mean, all around. Um, I mean, you, I'm sure everyone's been reading the news. All these big companies are doing like thousands and thousands of people laying off. I mean, it's, it's a, it's the recalculation that's happening. And I think in the long run, especially with the public markets being as wonky as they are right now, venture is a long game and it's a much smarter play uh, in the long run. It's high risk, high reward for sure. Um, but we think we're solving for some of that, um, some of that uh, risk factor. That was going to be my next question. So people that are interested in investing, what's the percentage of folks that invest in the markets versus investing in venture? Like, do you know those numbers? I don't, I, I should have looked them up, but I was interested to see like, you know, is it a shift? Like are more people putting money over here and not so much in the market in that way? I don't think there's any statistics that would tell you that. So don't worry about having not done that homework. Um, <laughs> I, I would say <laughs> typically people who are, uh, invested in it's about diversification right so mm -hmm. you've heard all these like horror stories of people that like put all their money into crypto and now they're crying into their you know campbell soup um and the truth is that you should never put everything in anything right you should diversify i mean stacy you could probably speak to this more than i could um but uh i don't think there's any statistic that shows like 10% of America is in venture and 3% of that market is also in the public markets. I don't think there's any statistics that would tell us that. But I do think venture has been sort of a, a rich white man's game for a long time to for where sure. I think the typical investor doesn't probably feel like they even have access to diversify into venture. Um, yeah. So if somebody was interested, how, how, you know, how would someone who was maybe interested in diversifying some of their investment um, accredited investors, of course, into venture, how, what, where, where would they start with that? Well, if you really want to get involved in venture, every city has venture associations, right? So they have groups that are specifically dedicated to these categories. You could also get involved with angel groups. Like we have a, a strategic partnership with Gangels, which they do syndicated deals, which means you don't have to have a half a million dollars, a million dollars, you know, to invest in venture. You can actually start smaller. And I would really recommend and suggest that. I wouldn't recommend going full bore into an industry you don't know anything about. And going into a syndicated deal with an organization like Angels means you can put in 5,000, 10,000, 20,000, whatever that is for your comfort level to understand and start to normalize the process for you as an investor. And then you can start to go out and build those relationships with um, venture funds. Your wealth managers should know those uh, those deals and those people. It is this really insular community. Um, and then, uh, you know, I think, just doing your homework in terms of Googling around, especially especially if you want to invest in venture in a specific category, most VCs are very niche and very focused. So women-focused VCs, diverse-focused VCs, that's all Googleable. Um, you know, if you want to do climate change, climate tech or femtech or whatever, uh, you know, internet is your, is your friend. <laughs> <laughs> and I think How about um, now that now that you are kind of leading the leading the charge of the fund to to really vet these companies and find the investments? Uh, what are you what do you see as the biggest um, cause for concern as you're invest as you as you're investigating these companies and meeting with these CEOs? Are there things are there typical red flags that you just look for that go mm, that's not going to work for us? Hmm. Um, yeah, saturated markets. So if I 
have another skincare pitch, I'm going to scream. Like, I just, <laughs> I don't care. I don't care that there's a celebrity Fair. attached. I don't give a shit. I don't give Fair. a shit. No more skincare. I'm done with that. Um, also, you know, the CEO is on a call and can't answer the questions. Um, is it engaged? I mean, for me, I have a team that's doing all of the uh, financial modeling and projections and all of that. I'm more of a, I know the markets, I know the marketing and I'm a gut check person. So if I'm talking to someone and I'm like, there's something off here, that's a pretty instant no to me, unless their numbers are off the charts. And I really believe in the product and the category. Um, similarly, if I really, really believe in the CEO and the product category, I still need to take my, take a breath and let my finance team go and crunch the numbers and make sure that all of them, the metrics make sense in terms of us investing. So it's got to be a balanced conversation, but I am a pretty good gut check person. And I think women in general have a very, very strong intuition and, and, um, yes, if totally you just agree. listen to your gut, yeah. Yeah. Like I have a deal the with creeper, right now. The creeper I'm, meter. I'm, I'm, they, they call yes. it the creeper meter or the spidey sense. I have it too. Yeah. Like it's like a six yeah. sense. And I can tell within two minutes if this person totally. is somebody I want to work with or not. And I, I don't care who totally. you are, what's going on. And my husband and I are always battling. He's like, he's great. I'm like, he's an asshole. Okay. He's an asshole. That's yeah. He's that's great hard. to you because you're pale male and stale. Exactly. <laughs> It's different for women. It truly is different for women, but that's really been the joy in having these conversations is talking to diverse founders and funders, uh, founders and funders. Um, it's been really interesting to watch how women choose to invest. That's been a very, very interesting conversation. They're much more timid. I have to push a little harder to uh, get a, a female LP to come in. Uh, it's a weird market right now. So I don't know if I would entirely equate it to, uh, you know, the feminine energies, but um, women tend to be a little more timid. I do think there is, there is a a lower level of risk willing to take where men tend to be a little more, you know, damn the torpedoes. Well, it's the same thing. Like when they're applying for jobs, if they, if a woman has, it doesn't have 95% of the skill set, she's not applying. A man has 50%. He's applying and thinks he should get it. So women now, I mean, minus the few that have inherited money and always had money women now have a lot more control and agency over themselves and their finances and how they're going to spend their money. And so I think we're seeing this evolution of this new, you know, woman coming out that's interested in, you know, investing in other women's businesses. Cause at the end of the day, like that shit's cool. That excites me a hell of a lot more than throwing money into, you know, a stock in the market that, you know, I, I can't see it, touch it, hear about it in the same way I can a woman and what she's doing. So I think it's, um, I think we're, we're about to see a change of the tide. We are, which is another reason why I'm doing this. I, it's, uh, I don't know the statistics off the top of my head, but something like women are going to be in control of like 70% of the wealth in the next five years or something insane. So yeah. these are the time, this is the time to start planting seeds and having these conversations and getting women acquainted with how to invest in different asset classes. Um, the other really interesting thing I heard was most women have, uh, even very wealthy women have what, what's called, I think it's called paper bag syndrome or uh, bag lady syndrome. This is what I've heard, bag lady syndrome, where even if they have millions, billions, they could, they feel like it could be taken away from them at any moment. And so it's yeah. just a different mentality when women invest. We have to, and we have to shift it. I do think your timing is fantastic because there is, there is a shift happening and you're on the leading edge of it and we need more people like you. So thank you, first of all. Uh, secondly, mm-hmm. one quick lightning question round, lightning round question, yeah. mm-hmm. venture as entertainment, 
Shark Tank, what do you think? Venture as entertainment? Like, uh, yes. what? Shark Tank, the television show. Shark Tank, the television show. What's your, well, that's, it's, or it's basically angel investing on a television show, right? Yeah, why What's not? your take on I, that? I, I, I love garbage TV. <laughs> <laughs> I love reality. I love garbage TV. I think it would be really fun, um, especially if it's done in a really quick fire way. Um, but yeah, I'll be on that panel. Hire me. I'm in. You'd be great, girl. You need to you're be amazing. You. And I think oh, what you're doing out there for women and just like your energy, your vibe, like you've kind of, you've walked the walk and talked the talk, but you've actually like earned the stripes to get to the place where you're like, bitch, I'm here and I'm ready to shake shit up. And, <laughs> yes. and it's super cool. And we're really just excited to be able to share your story. Uh, we're going to put a little bit of your information on your website and also elevate um, on our show notes. Laurel, thank you for your time. Thank you for being an inspiration and everybody else get out there this week and be inspired.